from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions. It's the Ramsey Show, where debt is dumb, cash is king, and the paid-off home mortgage has taken the place of the BMW as the status symbol of choice. We help people build wealth. Created more millionaires by showing them how and causing them to do it than most anybody else out there. We help people do work that they love, find a place to make a lot more money, and doing something you actually love. We help people create and maintain actual amazing relationships as opposed to digital relationships. Did anybody ever tell you those friends on Facebook aren't real friends? Well, maybe someone should tell you that. They're not your real friends. But Dave, they really like my cat. They videos. won't. They like your cat laser pictures. They won't show up at 2 in the morning when your tire's flat. I'll that's, just tell you that. That's true. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today as we answer your questions about your life and your money. Starting off this hour is David in Boise, Idaho. Hi, David. How are you? Hey, fellas. How you all doing? Better than we deserve, sir. How can we help? <laughs> um... So my question comes, I'm looking for some advice. Mm-hmm. So I'm in this eight-year beautiful relationship with the woman of my dreams, and she's very much the free spirit, and I'm very much the nerd. And I'm trying to reel all of that in. <laughs> I've got the bug for getting debt-free. I think we've accumulated probably about 60000 in debt. We both, you know, I think we're bringing about 10000 a month. But... She's an in-the-moment person, so and I'm trying to... She wants me to do it first, and then she'll jump on board once she sees me start tackling it, and then she said she will join me, but I'm finding that very frustrating in the sense that she'll blow through some paychecks, and then I'm dipping more into my budget than, than I need to be doing. So I guess my question would be, how do I... How do I I mean, is that possible? Because I find it, it's just frustrating, and it's causing more fights than anything. Mm. How old are you? Uh, we're both 38. Okay. All right. Well, um, let me first, uh, let, let's reset the stage. There's not a we. You're not married. Right. You're having an argument with your roommate about how your roommate handles money. And that's, that's a, yeah. that is a relational problem, but it's also a financial problem because it's very, very difficult uh, to pretend like you're married financially when you're not because the whole dynamic has shifted because there's all the legalities involved. Um, you know, there's no, there's no incentives involved. You're still just shacking up and you're 38 years old. And so you're, gonna, you're really going to struggle trying to pull this together and act like it's marriage when it's not. I'll just tell you from 30 years of coaching people, that's the truth. And I'm not trying to pick on you or tell you you're doing something wrong. I'm just telling you it's it's a very difficult dynamic to pull off. Um, So what I would do is um, eight years, you know, you're asking us what we would do. Here's what we would do. Here's what we tell you to do. If you're my son, I've got a I've got a daughter your age. If you were my son, I would say here's the thing to do. Eight years, long enough, time to paint or get off the ladder, you know. It, you know, you need yep. to decide whether this is real, whether it's going to go forward or not. We're not just shacking up for sex now. This is a real thing. And so we got to make a call here. Uh, that's what I would tell my son if he asked me. And, um, and, and he was your age. And so you're going to struggle to prosper relationally until you make that call. And you're going to struggle to prosper financially and with the arithmetic 
while you're trying to make that call because she's legally got a set of responsibilities. You legally have a set of responsibilities, and they legally are not combined. The law, all of the people you do business with, everyone recognizes you only as two individuals instead of one household unit, and yet you use the words we like your income is somehow combined. It is not. You have zero legal access to each other's income at this stage of the game. So that's what I would tell you to do, number one. Number two, then, is as a part of that process, get some good pre-marriage counseling and start to work on these differences in your identities and in the way you're approaching money. There's nothing wrong with one of you being a free spirit and one of you being the nerd. As a matter of fact, that's most couples that have successful marriages. They learn to navigate all of that. But when we as a husband and wife have a vision for the future and we are committing to becoming and staying debt-free so that we can travel the world, buy nice cars, be unbelievably generous and retire with dignity, change our family tree, then we need to stick to the plan that we both agreed to. But there's not a we right now. Yeah, and I'm going to go back to something you said, David. Uh, Dave, uh, Dave gave you the fatherly advice. I'm going to be your big brother for a moment. Uh, yeah. You said that her response to this was, well, I want to see you do it, see you live out the baby steps, and then right. I'll get on board. So my quick question, I've got a couple things here. Are you living it out? Are you attempting to do it with your paycheck? Yes. And so she's seen I you am. do it. She's seen you do it for how long? Uh, I've been going steady for about six months. Okay, so for um, six months. Knocking out some debt. Right, so she's seen you do it for six months, and she's still on the sidelines. As your older brother for just this call, I have some real concerns here because the woman of your dreams could be the woman of your nightmares if she doesn't get on board here. And I, I appreciate what Dave is saying, but i got to tell you, um, I would be having a serious conversation uh, before you decide to get married, even before you go into premarital counseling. And I think it comes down to this. I think you got to stop trying to convince her, and I think you got to harness her dreams in this conversation and cast some vision. And, and, and it's a simple construct. Hey, here's the problem in the way that you're living with your money. This is what it's going to lead to. This is what it's gotten you to. Here's the solution, this process I've learned over here. And if we do this... It's going to give us financial peace, and then our dreams can be bigger than ever, and we can do this. I, Dave, I got to tell you, I want to. I want to know if she's going to catch this vision before they even get serious about marriage, because that really concerns me. Because of the, the the rate of divorce, you know, if she can't get on board with this, yeah, you got. Well, that's what I'm saying. In pre-marriage counseling, yeah, or some, t- or some yeah. other way, you've got to get on the same page, um, or this is going to end poorly. Because, really by the bad. way, it's going to end poorly anyway. That's right. If we don't fix this, it's just going to be an ugly breakup. That's correct. You know, and now we're going to be fighting over who gets the mustard because we got confused about who had who, what, where the condiments in the refrigerator came from. You know, I mean, mayonnaise is mine, dadgummit. <laughs> and so, you know, I mean, that, that's what you, that's how you fight with your roommate. Yeah. You don't end up fighting with your spouse that way. That's right. It's a different fight with your spouse. So, yeah, you, you, you guys need to be going, okay, where do we want to go financially with our lives, and what is the best route to get there? Not, I'm your daddy, and you need to behave. Yeah. Not, you have to prove it to me, because I don't think you can do it, and I think this is unrealistic, and I think you're going to fall off the wagon, and then I'm going to have an excuse to not follow through. Instead, look at it and go, as a couple, where do we want to be in 40 years, and what are our steps to get there? I did pick 40 years not so randomly. Yesterday was my 40th 
anniversary. If you haven't seen the picture, go to Dave's Instagram account. It is She's First stunningly of all, beautiful. She's absolutely she's beautiful. She's a beautiful woman now, but I mean, wow. And the amount of hair you had, plus was the a, ascot. I was a worth. pretty good salesman, I'm just saying. That's all I'm just saying. And so, yeah, but I mean, can you imagine all the stuff we've been through? Two hillbillies yeah. fighting for 40 years. Oh, my God. Brutal. <laughs> this is the Ramsey Show. Did you know, statistically, when it comes to life insurance and protecting your family, that women are more likely to be uninsured or underinsured than men? This doesn't make any sense. Women make up half the workforce, contribute mightily to family incomes, and in many cases are the breadwinners and take care of their families 24 hours a day. This is one of the most overlooked areas when it comes to financial planning. Maybe it's a relic of the past, but a loss of income or the need to replace family care is equally important for women as it is for men. Single moms, working moms, and stay-at-home moms all need term life insurance. Rates are actually lower for women, which is why I send you to Xander Insurance. They shop the top term life companies to find the lowest rates available. You can compare rates online at Xander.com or call 800-356-4282. This is something every family has to deal with. That's Xander.com or 800-356-4282. My co-host today, Mark's with us in St. Louis. Hey, Mark, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, Dave. Thanks for taking the call. Sure. What's up? Uh, I was wondering about donor-advised funds and trying to use that as a way to uh, be able to increase the amount of giving we're doing as a family, as well as uh, for the kind of one-time giving if there's just something that uh, comes up, having a good area where funds are growing uh, to be able to give out of. Uh, one of my mentors had told me it was a way that him and his wife had upped their giving by about 50% when they started doing it and hadn't heard it mentioned at all on the show before. Okay. Uh, well, they're excellent. There are several excellent ones uh, out there that do a good job. Uh, the concept of donor-advised funds is obviously the uh, you are the donor, you're placing money into an account, and you have to advise the fund where the money is to be given to. Um, and, and it has to be to a 501c3 in that case. Okay. So yeah, otherwise, if you don't, then it's not going to, there's no tax advantage to it whatsoever. Uh, you'll get yourself in a pinch. So you, you know, it's all to 501c3. It does not increase giving unless you just increase your giving. It's just a vehicle through which you pass money directly to the nonprofits. The only big difference is it encourages you to keep it top of mind giving, and it helps you systematize your giving somewhat, which is all good. And what to your point earlier, it allows you to hold money past the calendar year. And so if you don't want to give, if you don't have a, uh, a ministry or a nonprofit picked out that you want to give it to and you want to put $50,000 aside in December, you can do that and write that off 
as a charitable gift and then decide later who to give it to. But it has to be given to a nonprofit in that process. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That, yeah, that confirm what you've been told? Uh, no, that sounds very similar to it. He's, he was saying the increase in giving was as much that once you've put it into the fund, there's no longer that hesitation of it's coming out of your checkbook. So it was more of an intentional, if I put this month, this much in on a monthly basis, you don't accidentally book that trip with the money that you're planning on giving. Good. Yeah, on I, okay. Day. I agree with that. But I mean, once I set money aside for giving in my mind, it's gone. I don't. I no longer emotionally struggle with that, but I'm so freaking compartmentalized after all the years of doing it. And so we we moved in the direction of a personal foundation, which is a, the next step up, uh, much more expensive to operate, much more expensive to put in place. Donor advised funds cost almost nothing to run, and so. Um, but we wanted to be able to do some things uh, with uh, some individuals, like a single mom or something like that, buy somebody a car that was uh, struggling or something like that without them having to be a 501c3 and all and so donor advised wouldn't work for that plan but it works perfectly for what you're talking about and it is a really good uh intermediate step uh for your first level of of outrageous generosity it's much better than just leaving the money sitting in a checking account and accidentally buying a couch with it yeah i agree with that yeah yeah, and then I think we're on the side, like if it's a give somebody the car type option, let's just run those out of the checking account and do it as a gift donation right off on those instead if we're not, I mean, just my wife and I, we're not anywhere near the level of a foundation at this point in time. Yeah, yeah, so. it's, a good, it's a really good first step. And uh, there's, um, there's two or three that have been around a long time. Uh, they've been very popular in the evangelical Christian community. Uh, Larry Burkett, Ron Blue, uh, both... Uh, made them popular have served on some of the boards they're both friends or were friends larry's past but ron is still uh still a good friend they both that's the first time i ever heard about it and, and the generous giving guys out of uh chattanooga tennessee do a lot of work with outrageous generosity as well uh particularly in the faith spectrum and uh they've been tied into some of the donor advised funds it's a really good way to look at it so it's a good question thanks for calling us Ken, the giving part of what we teach is essential to winning because it releases you. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can compartmentalize it like I'm talking about or you move the money over into that, there's something that happens once you decide the money's not yours. Yeah. Well, and your behavior, as, as you said, we've decided we're going to give this much, and so we live differently. Uh, we begin to see the return on investment in a different category when we're really giving intentionally you begin to go wow this is legacy stuff not just uh 401k mutual fund stuff not that there's anything wrong with that but it really does change your entire perspective and you know what's interesting is that i think that that you you in some way set yourself up and i don't want this to be misunderstood that if i give i'm going to make more money i don't i don't believe that uh as an action but i do believe that your behavior changes and your perspective changes so much that there's a good chance you're going to end up making more money because of that uh, change in perspective and belief. Well, I mean, let's just face it. We all can smell a taker mm-hmm. versus a giver. That's a good way of saying that, yeah. And when you are a giver physically, logistically, uh, it changes the way you smell. It changes yes. the way you walk. It changes the way you smile. You're the person that opens the door for somebody that's got their arms full of stuff. You know, The taker just runs through and doesn't even notice they're there. 
Uh, and at different times in my life, I've been more one than the other. Mm-hmm, sure. Uh, you know, so it's okay wherever you start out. But generosity is not a, a magical DNA factor. It's a decision. Yes, that's correct. And it just really puts into motion, as you said, it's a likability factor. You just have a spirit about you. And, well, who uh, tends to get promoted? People yeah. that are takers or people that are givers? Givers. I mean, yeah. in corporate America where there's politics, maybe the taker. <laughs> That's true. Or maybe on an, HB, oh, yeah. maybe on an HBO for a special. Season. For a season. Yeah. The for takers can get ahead for a while, but, but it comes back. It does. It really it does. does. And the boomerang effect is bloody. It's yes. bad. But yep. the, the giver is who, you know, if you're leading two people and you have the perception of wisdom and you actually believe as their leader, one of them is a giver and one of them is a taker, you're going to promote the giver every time. Mm. Because you know they're going to prosper the people under them that they're that they're leading, the customers that they're serving, they're going to prosper them. They're all about generosity, and that generosity, just the way they hold their face, is different. Yes, it's everything, and it changes everything. So, yeah, it's an act you want to intentionally plug into, and um, the uh, that's the process, you know. And just it's it's fun and important to point out too for those of you that are right now, baby step two, gazelle intense. You can still give of your time, and you can give of your talents in this season. Mario is with us in New York City. Hey, Mario, what's up? Hey, Dave. Uh, thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it. Sure. How can we um, help? Yeah, I'm 46 years old. I'll be turning 47 in a couple of months. Uh, and uh, my question is this. Apparently, I had a house uh, where we live in right now, and uh, I had a 30-year mortgage um, I ended up paying that off in about uh, 12 years, Good. and uh, I paid off the uh, the mortgage about a year and a half ago. Good. Uh, so um, I have uh, about 1.3 sitting in the bank right now mm-hmm. in cash. Mm-hmm. I have about 275,000 in the stock market mm-hmm. with the uh, send about 15 to 20% correction that we already had. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I'm in the market, and I found this property, which is about a four-family home. Uh, it will produce about $7,000 a month in rental, mm-hmm. and it costs uh, $1.2 million. And um, I was thinking to uh, purchase it all cash, uh, $1.2 cash, and then that would leave me with 90000 in the savings account for emergency fund. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of... Uh, What's no, your household income? Uh, 350000 Okay. I would want to build your retained earnings up more quickly if you drain yourself down this far on one property. Because if you have a major event at that property and loss of rent or uh, a repair, you could really get yourself in a pinch there. That's, that's pretty tight. But if you're going to write a check and pay cash for it, uh, for God's sakes, offer them a low ball number. Try to get a deal on it. Um, you know, I'm going to shoot it. Anytime I buy investment property, I'm trying to buy it at a deal. And I'm trying to write a check for it cash. I can close it Friday, but it's going to have to be a deal. Otherwise, I don't do it. And uh, I, just, I made a lot of money doing that with rental properties. So, um, yeah, that's where you want to start. I, I would buy it, but I want you to build that return to earnings back up as fast as possible.
In the lobby of Ramsey Solutions on the debt-free stage, Phil and Mary are with us. Hey, guys, how are you? Good. Good, Dave. Great. Where do you guys live? Rockford, Illinois. Cool. Welcome to Nashville. And how much debt have you paid off? Paid off $45,000 in uh, 17 months. Good for you. And your range of income during that time? Uh, about 90 to 100. Good for you guys. Cool. What kind of debt was the 45000 uh, We had two cars. We had a little bit of a student loan, and we had some uh, house uh, remodeling. Ah, okay, cool. How long have y'all been married? 12 years. I'll let her answer that. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Okay, so after 12 years of marriage, 18, 24 months ago, you look up and say, something's got to change. Tell me the story. What happened? Uh, kind of a two-parter, Dave. It's okay. <laughs> Big day. Uh, kind of a two-parter. Uh, initially, we were doing Dave-ish. We had about $150,000 in debt. Mm-hmm. And uh, our youngest was one, and our second was on his way. Mm-hmm. And uh, I looked at the budget, and I said, I don't know how we're going to afford daycare uh-huh. uh but just miraculously uh i coach football and one of the coaches just happened to mention that uh him and his wife were almost debt free uh-huh. and i started thinking about like wow you can actually be debt free you know how does that work and uh i also bartend and uh so one night i got off a shift and i was driving home and i flipped on the radio and i just caught some guy's debt free scream very powerful uh phew started tearing up almost like i am right now uh-huh. you know and uh listened and listened and uh i said i think we got to do this and so uh eventually we signed up for the course uh-huh. and uh you know it's just been pedal down since uh-huh. we really committed uh 17 months ago so that was davish and it was a, a pretty hard davish uh-huh. um but 17 months ago we had a huge hailstorm and uh had some damage to our house and so, you know, we only had $15,000 of that initial debt left. We had some margin in our budget, started to feel comfortable. And uh, with the hail damage, we, we took advantage. We, we thought, oh, we can put some money into the house now, get a new front door, get some new siding. And the guy said, yeah, no problem. We have financing. And the real kick, you know, the punch to the gut, I got in the mail. I got a credit card. And I, poof, I just thought, I just thought we're not we're not doing it. Uh, we're not doing it again. It's over. So, seventeen months of a sprint. You know, I've been trying to think of analogies. Uh, listened to the show a lot and, listen, and heard a lot of people give some good analogies about teamwork and, and what it takes. And I thought of it as a sack race where one person couldn't just run. Um, we had to do it as a team. Mm. And. Uh, so we did that, and the, the last 17 months, though, we both just ran as fast as... Just wide open. <laughs> Mary, where, where's that emotion coming from from him? You, you've been in this journey with him. He just worked really, really hard and sacrificed a lot for our family during this time. Yeah, mm-hmm. so a lot, a lot of time away from you and the yeah. kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's worth it now. Yeah. And that's the emotion. Definitely. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that makes you never go back. Never. <laughs> never, 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 never. Yeah. Wow. Very cool. So when somebody asks how you not pay off 45000 in 17 months, what do you tell them the secret is? Well, working together. I think you got to have the same goals. 
and you got to be um, on pace with each other. We have to. You had to coordinate um, a lot with work schedules and with the kids. And I don't think we could have done that if we didn't have the same goals. Yeah, I think you got to be humble um, and just tell friends I can't afford that. And yes to work. Yes to work. Yes to work. Yes to work. I heard you say one time, Dave, just draw a line in the sand, and if I never borrow money again, we'll get there. And that was always in the back as a, as a fail-safe. And we just worked from there, just kept going from there. We're not borrowing money. We're going forward. Yeah. What's, uh, what's the option? What's the option? What's the option? There's got to be another way. Yeah. There's got to be another way. Two options stink. I'm going to find a third option. There you go. There you go. Keep, keep looking until one of them doesn't stink. Yep. <laughs> That's good. Well done, guys. Thank very, you. Very, very, very well done. So if um, – some guy's driving home from his extra job and happens to turn on the podcast later. Mm-hmm. And it's got you on here talking about the, you driving home from the bartending job and kind of being overwhelmed by that story. Mm. Uh, what do you tell them that the – what happens inside of you when you really do reach that point where you really are sick and tired of being sick and tired? Because, dude, I watched you physically change right in front of me <laughs> when you start talking about that. <laughs> I think uh, for me, I just felt suffocated. I just, um, I felt like I worked more, um, you know, having three different jobs, I worked with a lot of different people, and I worked a lot more hours than other people, and uh, didn't, we didn't have anything to show for it, and I didn't, I didn't even realize how much debt we had until um, we did, we looked at the budget and put it down. We had 15 different people that we owed money to. It was amazing. I had no idea that we had owed that much money to that many different people. Um, and that is overwhelming. That's not a place that I want to be or I want my kids to ever be. Mm. Amen. Well done. Who are your biggest cheerleaders outside the two of you? Uh, definitely our in-laws over here. They they helped out a ton with, with child care and were very supportive of me going to work mm-hmm. quite a bit. And then a, a friend of mine, uh, Corey, uh, Corey Whitaker, he's debt-free as well, um, really helped support me. Then I got a friend, Keegan Hill, who's, a, who's kind of my accountability buddy. I'd tell him every time we ended the debt, and he was a good good guy. I love that. So you're a football coach. Yeah. When you were having those tough days beyond just the, the, the vision for the future for you and your family, how did that coaching come into play when you just didn't think you had any more to give? Um, boy, that's, that's hard to say. I, I think I was really focused with – um, with football, there were definitely things that I would say the younger coaches can tend to. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the kids um, and my kids, I you know I always stress we're going to take care of what we can take care of. We're going to be the toughest guys on the field, and that's the way we're going to handle ourselves. Mm-hmm. Love Amen. that. Well done. Good stuff, guys. Way to go. I'm proud of you. Thank you. How's it feel to be free? Great. No. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, good. Well, we got a copy of Baby Steps Millionaires for you. That's the next chapter in your story for sure. How ordinary people built extraordinary wealth, how you can too. And a copy of the Total Money Makeover for you to give away and the Financial Peace University membership for a year. And uh, you can give that away to somebody or you can go through it. It's all the 20, it's all the brand new videos that we just launched the other day. All right, you brought the kiddos. Let's bring them up. What are their names and ages? We have Bria, who's seven, and Nolan, who's five. All right. Have they been practicing their debt-free scream? Yeah. 
All right. Good stuff. I love it. Well done, you guys. All right. It's Bria, Nolan, Mary, and Phil from Rockford, Illinois. $45,000 paid off in 17 months, making 90 to 100. Count it down. Let's hear a debt-free scream. Three, two, one. We're debt-free! Yeah! (laughs) I love it. That is absolutely wonderful. Man, what a what an incredible story. Very well done. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's really awesome, Dave, to look over there and see a man's man, a football coach, just totally brought to his knees in gratitude. Those those te- those were tears of gratitude and appreciation uh to make it through this journey and be on the other side of that and just uh that's pretty cool. That's about as that's about as manly of a man you'll ever meet right there and, and we need more of that. You know that's that's incredible stuff. Stuff it takes to serve his family and to yeah. serve, you know make make sure stuff gets done. Yeah, very very well done. Good stuff, guys. Very very well done. You only change your life when you finally say, "I've had it. Mm. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired." There's no amount of intellectual gymnastics are going to make you get out of debt. You got to get pissed off. I'm done. I'm not living like this. That's when you change, not until. This is The Ramsey Show. personality is my co-host today ram ramsey personality number one best-selling author well inflation is affecting all of you right now from the gas pump to the grocery store and while you can't control what happens with the economy you can control what happens with your money the only way to control your money in uncertain times is to get on a budget and the best way to budget is with every dollar you'll plan out your monthly budget you track all your expenses throughout the month and every dollar mobile app lets you check in and check your budget from anywhere so you can always make the right money decisions when you get on a budget you will be in total control of your money and really not until start budgeting for free by going to ramseysolutions.com slash every dollar this is the Ramsey Show. We're glad you're with us, America. Patty is with us in Boise, Idaho. Hi, Patty. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. What's up? Um, I have a dear friend who is recently divorced, and I'm trying to help her go through your baby steps. I've walked her through them. Um, I've tried to explain everything to her, but I'm really stumped on advising her in one area, and I was hoping you could help me advise her correctly. Um. She, because of the divorce, she has to refinance her house. She has to put it in her name. And she has a car that she's upside down on. And by your plan, it tells me sell the car, right? (laughs) But she's um, $5,000 underwater on the car, even if she does private sell. And she doesn't have any money at all to buy a car. So she would have to borrow even a couple thousand to buy another car. So I don't know if I should have her 
roll this into her baby stats, like just put it on the list of her debt. She has $8,000 of additional debt besides this car and her house. Or if I should have her roll it into her house, which you know you always say don't do. So I feel really uncomfortable telling her that. But I'm just not sure how to advise her the best way to go about this. Mm. Well, I'm glad she's got you in her corner. Obviously, it's I'm a hard, hard time for her. She got little kids? She does. She has an 11-year-old and a 13-year-old. And her house is worth 390000 but to refinance it, she has to um, refinance for 165000 The requirement was she had to get her ex-husband's name off the loan. Mm-hmm. What does she make? So, <laughs> working two jobs with child support and renting a room out of her house, she's bringing in 43000 a year. She's stretched really thin time-wise. Like, she's just really, she was really taken by surprise and had she's, no idea about um, finances. She's not going to like my answer, but it okay. is the right answer for her. Okay. She cannot afford this house. Well, so I thought about that, and my, the problem I have with that is I know. I didn't ask about your problem. Like, I said she can't afford the house. No, I know. The, the market, though, in for her to even rent, like her Honey, house payment. She can't afford. She makes forty five thousand dollars a year, and the only way it works is if the roommate pays their rent, and okay. her ex, who surprised her before, pays child support. There's a lot of variables here that are going to cause her to get in trouble. So do I advise her to sell the house? Sell, pay all the debt off. Pay all the debt off. Buy a car for cash and go rent the cheapest thing possible and heal. From this process, rebuild, okay. build a career where she makes more money. Obviously, she's going to do that long term. Right. Um, but this house, here's what happens, and I've seen this for 30 years, and it just breaks my heart. But, and let me tell you what's going through her mind, maybe even okay. yours, is these poor children have been through so much already, mm-hmm. and they're hurting. And in order to protect them from even more upheaval and more change, dad's no longer there. There's all this weirdness in their lives. For God's sakes, we don't want to change school districts, and we don't want to make you move out of your bedroom. And in the name of that, she's trying to hang on to the last vestige of normalcy that she can in a way that is completely unrealistic. Were she not in this house and was sitting with this pile of money from the equity in the house in the middle of a kitchen table, there's no she would no more go buy this house than fly to the moon. True. This is trying to maintain the story that was and the story that's gone. Okay. And it's a I appreciate her mama bear instincts to do that for her baby, but it's a it's a short term fix because what what she's trading for is tremendous financial stress in these kids' lives in the coming five years. Mm-hmm. And everything's in order for it to be normal, she's going to be so spun up trying to keep everything, trying to run around keeping different fingers stuck in the dike as the dam continues to leak. And mm-hmm. it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. And I'm sorry, I've just seen it hundreds and hundreds of times. And um, it took me a little while to realize why people were doing this illogical act, but it was in the name of protecting some stream of continuity in the middle of a, 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 a complete upheaval where their 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 story that was going to be their life is completely changed, and it's been a nightmare for her and for the kids. 
Mm-hmm. And the last thing I want to do is make them move. I'm sorry. I, I wouldn't do that. Does she then take some of that equity and get herself some sort of, like I had her do uh, Ken Coleman's Yes. Yes. Did like get yes. some sort of whatever certification or whatever yes. she yes. to increase yes. her income? Okay. And that's right. go, go, that's an and investment. Go, and go double her income. Yes. Okay. There's yeah. Listen, a house is not a home. A home is where you make it. Right. And when home is full of financial stress following a divorce, it is very difficult to stay on an even keel and even be somewhat classy about the ex. Because you every time you're in a pinch, you're just pissed again. Right. It's okay. just very hard to go through the healing process when you pile financial stress on top of the mess. That's right. You're and, surviving instead of healing. Yeah. You have one track mind. Survive, survive, survive. Exactly it's all right. adrenaline. You yeah. can't heal. Yeah. And I, I don't know if I've talked you into it or her into it because she's going to go look out there and go, well, what about this and what about that? I think you rent the cheapest thing possible, buy you a cash car, spend some money on some certifications on a career track, and five years from today you're going to be in a much better place than you are trying to hang on by your last fingernail on this one old house. And it's just a stupid house. It was the home. But now it represents the dream that was, the broken heart. Yeah, Patty, hang on the line. We're going to give you a copy of my best-selling book, From Paycheck to Purpose. She's not ready to read this now. Uh, But when she gets everything settled financially and they get out of there, give her this book. It's kind of the companion to the Get Clear Assessment. It'll help her uh, begin to take steps forward to a much better financial life because of her income and yeah. independence. So hang on the line. We'll give that to you as well. And I'll take one more stab at, stab at the persuasion, Patty, because here's what's running through my mind. She's got seven years with this 11-year-old. Mm-hmm. Where are they going to be in seven years if they do what I'm talking about? And what does the next seven years feel like inside the home? Is it peaceful, joyful, hope-filled for the future? Or is it stressed and freaked out and barely making it all in the name of trying to hold something together that was the past? And um, I think that 11-year-old is going to have a much better teenage set of teenage years with a mom who's peaceful, stable, building her whole new life, building a whole new dream, getting her certifications, moving towards home ownership again in the future, doesn't have a debt in the world, and is dealing from strength and courage rather than a mom that's hanging on by a thread, barely making it, hoping the child support comes in, and hoping the roommate pays. Man, that just doesn't sound like fun to me. Mm-mm. And uh, that's, that, that's this 11-year-old's next seven years. Where does he need to live? What's best for him? And what's best for the other one the next eight years, nine years, whatever? Ten years from today, this lady's going to be in a great life, but she's either going to have walked through more hell to get there or she's going to have started from taking a t- two or three steps back to solid ground to start fresh again, and that's what I, my hope for her is. And I'm sorry she's going through this. It's just, it's just not, it's, it's not good. Divorce just, it's bad. It just messes up everything, man. It's horrible. So sorry, so sorry. Hey, thanks for the call. That puts us out of the Ramsey Show in the books. Austin Shelby, Ben Hill, Zach Hendren, Andrew Holmes, James, and Kelly in the booth. I am Dave Ramsey, your host. We'll be back with you before you know it.
Dave here. You can find all of our shows with the Ramsey Network app on your smartphone. It's the only place to listen to the entire back catalog of episodes. Download the Ramsey Network app in your favorite app store today.